Welcome to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibell. Literary Speaking is the author's guide to writing and publishing, sharing tips and tricks for aspiring authors. Crystal Lee's expert guests will bring you the latest information on how to write and publish your book into being. Are you ready to tell your story? Here's your host. Welcome to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibel, and today my guest is Cameron Deason Hammond, co-founder of the Slant Reading Series, host of the Ish Podcast, and her debut memoir, This Is My Body, a memoir of religious and romantic obsession, is forthcoming from Lookout Books in October. Very exciting. Cameron has recently launched her services as a public relations rep, having previously worked on campaigns for authors like Janet Ivanovich. Sandra Brown and Dean Coots, and more recently, Lacey M. Johnson's The Reckonings. Cameron, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk to you about this because I feel like nobody talks about the publicity side of things when it comes to publishing. Yes, you are right. Yeah, I feel like a lot of authors, um, even some that I've interviewed, have said that they didn't realize how soon you need to begin working on publicity for your book. It's more, you know, there's a lot of work prior. So um, before we get into all of that, I'd love for you to share what your experience is and and how you've worked as a publicist for authors uh, previously and currently. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. And I agree. I think it is a little bit magical. People think of it as sort of this mystical, magical behind the scenes thing that, um, we kind of like hope will happen for us. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and you know, it, you know, it can be, uh, you know, intimidating to say I need help, right. Or I want help, or I want to, you know, do my part to make this book visible. Um, I think we sort of all live with, you know, a bit of that like folktale that great work raises, you know, rises to the surface, whether it's publicized or not. And, you know, everything is based on the, the, um, you know, how good our work is. And unfortunately, a lot of good work kind of disappears for this exact reason, because, because writers are not talking about publicity. So I don't want to see that happen. So I'm happy to talk about it. And I love to talk about it. Um, my background, I started working my first job as a publicist. Um, I worked for a big lifestyle PR agency in New York City called Loving and Weintraub back in the 90s, and then Loving and Company. Um, and the focus of the agency was fashion, beauty, um, anything lifestyle related, right? So, you know, furniture, designers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we launched, um, sort of what ended up being a book, a book division. And because I was, you know, the poetry nerd, um, that worked there, I kind of (laughs) jumped at the chance to work, um, to work on these campaigns and, it was a really interesting start to, um, to an experience as a publicist because, you know, these, these authors today are household names and at the time were incredibly successful, right? Incredibly successful selling, you know, a lot of copies of their books, but they weren't their publicity, sort of the, the cultural permeation of their name had not yet happened. And, they wanted to, you know, expand kind of the reach of, of their careers. And so they hired, they hired us. Um, and so, you know, those are different kinds of books and the books I work on today and the books that I hope to work on, but it definitely taught me how to be creative, um, in approaching, um, marketing and publicity and sort of brand building for an author. Um, 
And, you know, there were really high standards. So I learned how to work really hard, <laughs> um, which I'm grateful <laughs> for. Um, and then, you know, my career kind of took a, a hard left turn and I, um, moved from New York to Houston. Um, I started my life, uh, sort of over again and, my publicity experience, you know, for the last many years was about mark was about communications for nonprofits, uh, which is not that dissimilar. Um, unfortunately, authors are often also nonprofits. Um, um yes. in terms of, <laughs> yes, we, we know what that, what that's like. Um, but you know, again, when you're working with small budgets, um, it, it teaches you how to be smart and savvy. And so I have used that experience um, for the campaigns that I'm doing now and the campaigns that I've just completed. So that kind of takes me to my last experience working on a book, which was Lacey M. Johnson's The Reckonings, which is the dream of all dreams for a publicist to work on a book mm-hmm. like that with an author like that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's kind of my, that's my story. That's my history. And do you think, what do you think, you know, given all the experience you've had, what do you think is probably the number one mistake that authors tend to make when it comes to the publicity for their work? You know, I think that there are two mistakes. I think one are, um, one mistake is having sort of hugely unreasonable expectations, like thinking that reviews and interviews turns into book sales, for example, like expecting that when my book is Mm -hmm. interviewed or reviewed, I'm going to automatically sell X number of copies. Um, I think there's the flip side of that, the mistake where you have too low of an expectation, um, for publicity. But I think even beyond that, I think buying ads, honestly, um, when I see authors, I think, I think that's a mistake. When I see authors personally buying ads and sponsoring content, it just kind of like makes me sad. <laughs> um, because I, <laughs> because I don't, I, I know that it doesn't work. Uh, as much as, you know, Facebook wants to tell us like sponsored content. I mean, I have like, I could talk for an hour about the way that Facebook, um, like underserves artists and creates, um, hoops for us to jump through and tricks us into, you know, buying ads, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the algorithms and the way that it works. So there's, there's easy things that authors can do to maximize their free online, um, presence that I would rather see them do and then connecting with other writers in a community building holistic way before spending their own money, um, on advertising. That's, that's what I think is a mistake. Yeah. Definitely. Because I feel like, especially with Facebook, they have, you know, the laws of how, how much word wording can be on an image. So if you're an author with a book, the titles on the front of that image. And when you go to try to advertise that it often gets bumped. It, they won't approve it or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's very difficult to advertise a book on Facebook, specifically most social media yeah. platforms The advertising yeah. dollars are better spent, you know, like you said, towards something that's a little more, there's a little more return on it, obviously. Yeah. And community yeah. building, community building's huge. And I think yeah. a lot of people don't focus on that. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe because it's, it requires a lot of time, you know, it's not a quick fix. Um, spending money on an ad may seem easier than spending six months building relationships. And and when I say building relationships, like I mean, being a good literary citizen and actually helping other people, um, 
a lot, you know, and not really just because you think it's going to turn into, uh, you know, a, mm. a, a kind of a karmic balance. But I, ju I just think like help other people, you know, and people will be willing to help you, or at least we hope they will be, but just kind of do it anyway. Um, <laughs> because it's good for yeah. you, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, and it helps you to like empathize and learn other people's, you know, what other people are, are dealing with and going through and it exposes you to other people's work. And it's just, it's, it's good. And I think that building community is kind of the victory over like big corporate, you know, social media bullshit, honestly. Um, but yeah. we have to find ways around kind of, you know, so like a long time ago, so my brother is a musician and his band was one of the first bands that Facebook approached when they first started artists pages, like when they had for, they were like beta testing. Yes. Um, and like literally their strategy was to find ways to repress the public, the quote unquote free publicity that bands were sort of gaining on their own through their own networks mm -hmm. so that they were forced to buy sponsored content. Right. So we have to assume yeah. that like that is and that was like 10 years ago. So like, clearly they've gotten better at it and they know how to do it now, Yes, <laughs> you know? So it takes some time to kind of like work around, but you know, we, in our, in our online community, which is how I've met you, which is awesome. Um, you know, we mm -hmm. trade, you know, we partner up and trade posts like, you know, who has a book coming out in March? Okay. All the March launch, you know, launches, like let's pair up and figure out who, whose book speaks to whose book and let's trade reviews or trade posts or, you know, I have a podcast, do you have a column? Like let's, let's work together. And that's, that's exactly. free, right? That's free. Um, yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot that people can do, I think. Well, yeah. And I think when it comes to helping each other, it only, it only builds even a stronger community for everybody. Like helping people is free for me. hundred percent. You know, yeah. I feel like being able to talk to each other about our books and, and people partner up for readings. Like you, you run your reading series and there's things like Memoir Monday and, um, Michelle Philgate's, uh, Red Ink series. And, you know, all these people are doing these amazing things. So if, and everybody seems to be really helpful and helping each other. And I think that's, that's really key for a lot of people because it, it is lonely to write alone and stuff, but we need to yeah. remember to get out there and yeah. <laughs> support each other and lift each other's work up because yeah. it costs next to nothing to help yeah. and it benefits everybody. Yeah. In terms of yeah. budget, what do you recommend for a first time author? Do you recommend they set aside a certain amount of money to go towards publicity? You know, how yeah. do you sort of, I mean, you, you know, you God suggest? willing, God willing, we all have money to set aside, um, which, you know, we <laughs> know many of us don't. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so the answer to that question can kind of, can kind of range. Um, it's interesting. I'm actually on both sides of the publicity, um, conversation right now, because I am in the process of hiring a publicist for my own book. So it's super interesting to be a publicist and be hiring a publicist. I'm learning mm -hmm. a lot about kind of how the business has changed. Um, so as far as, you know, book rate, I, I would say if an author can, can set aside three grand for the months leading up to the launch of the book. So, you know, I've seen 
smaller, you know, indie publicists charge about a thousand bucks a month. Um, most publicists want to, want to get out ahead of the book four to six months. Um, you know, if that publicist will be your primarily primary publicist, then she or he or they need to get out ahead of your book four to six months. No questions asked. If you're hiring a publicist to supplement what your press is already doing, you can kind of play with that a little bit more. You, you might be okay, you know, just adding that supplementary support at three months out or two months out. Um, but you know, I say three grand, but I also know that I'm, you know, stretching and working or finding workarounds for books I want to work on. So I would say that's, that's a decent book rate for an indie publicist, right? Who's on sort of small, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the big publicists charge seven grand a month. (laughs) Um, so it, like I said, it can range, you know, it can range, um, I would be a little bit like nervous about what someone can do for much less than that. You know, like if someone's coming in at like, here's, you know, give me $325 and I'll be your publicist for six months. Like I just kind of, <laughs> like, I kind of wonder like, what are, are you, they do, you know, how does that work? Um, because it takes a lot of time and a lot mm. of energy and not just time, but like, you know, every pitch I do is tailored to the, the outlet, the journal, the radio station the podcast, like I'm researching who I'm pitching to and thinking hard about how does this author fit for this outlet? Does it? And why does it fit? You know, and that takes time. So that time is valuable, right? So I would say at minimum, at minimum, you know, three grand, um, but Mm -hmm. $1,500 can also, you know, work. I would say half of that on a limited kind of a, you know, basis, but that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert on what other people charge, but I would say that that's fair, a fair guess. Mm-hmm. And then do you think to, you know, are there any tactics that you sort of see that keep getting recommended that you think should be avoided during publicity for the, for a book, like Facebook ads, for example, and like tactics that are rep- other than buying social media ads that I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I can tell you what I don't think is recommended enough, um, that does a lot of work. Um, and that is streamlining your social, you know, web presence on your own. Like look at your website. I mean, is it like, does it look like MySpace? (laughs) Because if it looks like a MySpace page, like you have work to do, right? And that, you know, everything, we are such a visual, we're in such a visual moment in the way that we communicate. So it's like font, color, photo, everything, the way that you design your online presence, which again, that is really inexpensive and or free, you know, um, like I use Squarespace, a lot of authors that I know and work with and love use Squarespace. Squarespace is a great tool to design like, Mm -hmm a lovely, beautiful website. I mean, your website is, unfortunately, it's like an an online brochure, right? Everyone's going to look at it for one second. They're not going to use it really. They're going to look at it for one second and then they're going to, and then they're going to decide if they're going to go deeper into who you are. And then they're going to look at your Twitter and they're going to look at your Instagram and, you know, and that's how we sort of suss each other out. So those things need to look good, right? They need Mm -hmm. (laughs) to look good. (laughs) And they need to represent you as an artist, you know, and that's, that's not hard to do. Um, it just takes time. 
So I think ahead of even hiring a publicist, right? Like get all that as, as far down the road as you can on your own. Um, you know, that's going to do a lot of work for you in terms of brand, you know, building your, your presence, your brand. What do you think would be the best tips that you could advise for authors who, for example, may not be able to afford a publicist at any budget if they're, if they've gotten, you know, a, a very modest book deal and, and they're trying to make it work, but they also have, you know, a family to support or they're in school and they don't have the means. Would there be anything you would recommend outside of, you know, hiring somebody that they could do? in a way of being their own publicist, I guess is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, great. That's a great question. And I think all the things that we've already said, as far as building community, right? Like find your tribe, you know, find Mm -hmm. not only just your writing community, but find like the people, the weirdos who are weirdos like you are, right? Find your tribe of people who are writing about interested in, um, passionate about the same things that you are. Right. And that's, Again, is it takes time, but it's free. And then, like I said, do nice things for them, right? Like be a good literary citizen, review their books, invite them on your podcast, um, you know, write about them, share their, their announcements. And, you know, here's the other thing too, that I, I've noticed is that like a lot of people, um, my mom included, who may or may not listen to this podcast, but, you know, sort of like they want to support you. So they'll share an announcement that you make online. So or on Facebook, for example. So you know, you know, Crystal Lee has a book coming out. She posts, um, you know, the announcement and then the link to the Amazon and everybody's super psyched with her, you know, about, about this and happy for her. And then like, you know, 20 people just go ahead and click that share, right. Without any introduction to who you are to them, why this book matters, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. don't do that. Like share your friends and your community's work, but tell your people because what you're giving them is an entire additional audience to their own. It's so valuable, right? So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. set it up for them, set it up for your people to say who this person is to you, why their work matters. Right. Um, but, but that's, that's an easy thing that you can do is to start building those relationships and those, um, that community for yourself. Um, and again, also like free, you know, I mean, m- you know, having kids working, you know, all the time, having a book come out on a small press, not having a big advance or any advance. Like that's the situation that most of my friends are in that have books coming out, Mm -hmm. you know? So all, all of these things are things that we can do. They can do, um, without hiring a publicist. So building community, streamlining their online presence, being a good literary citizen, reviewing, you know, and also like going, out for yourself. And so, you know, I've interviewed X for your journal, like, Hey, my book's coming out. Um, would you be interested in an interview with me and, you know, switching it around where my friend interviews me, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I, and I think also just like getting, it's very hard to, to promote yourself. It just is. And I mean, like I said, I'm in the process of hiring a publicist myself. So, because I hate doing it for myself. Um, So, but I think that when, you know, your situation is one in which you do not have the, any, you know, budget to hire someone, you just kind of have to psych yourself up and like believe in the work and get out there and tell people it, you know, about it and that it's good. And, you know, and like I said, sharing other people's work and, and being a good, you know, part of the ecosystem, I think goes a long way. 
Um, but you know, I get it. I get that it's hard. It's really hard to talk about yourself <laughs> for most people. It is uh, for most yeah. artists. Yeah, it is. And I see so many, so many writers on Facebook that are apologizing constantly. Like I'm sorry, I know. the book post will end soon. And I'm like, stop apologizing. Like promote your stuff. We'll share it yes. for you. Like everybody has their time. So we might as well help each other the best we can. So the more that yeah. people share and and react to posts. Like one thing I know about Facebook specifically is when people post about things rather than just like it, do an emo emotion, like the heart or the happy face or sad face, whatever it is, because those actually boost it further and yeah. commenting, you know, the right. More the more engaged. The yeah. A hundred percent. The more yeah. you engage, the more it's engaged with the higher up in the food chain, it will be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these are all like, free things like the workarounds that we've all figured, you know, that we've figured out. Um, these are things that anyone can do, um, you know, on, on their own behalf or on behalf of, of their community. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's challenging, you know, it's challenging. There's a lot of, of good work out there and, um, it's challenging to make the space and the time for your own work, but you, you know, promoting your own work, but you, you have to do it. You owe it to the time you spent on it. And, I think that merit matters and I'm, I, I would never say that books don't, you know, book, any book doesn't deserve to be, um, a success, but, but very often it's like those, those small, beautiful, well-crafted literary books, you know, that come out on small indie publishers that don't get kind of the attention that the bigger books get. And it, it just makes me sad because they're important books and they deserve to be widely read. So. It's true. And I think one of the things that people can do specifically, I know for me with the podcast, what I appreciate is I tell people all the time, don't be afraid to reach out to me. I'm busy booking interviews and and recording. So if somebody makes my job really easy for me, I had a publicist send me a perfect little, it was just a PDF sheet with the author's photo, their bio, um, questions to ask them even. And they took care of everything. So I think when people have, when they do have a publicist, the publicist makes my job easier. It makes all media, media, you know, interviewers and reviewers jobs easier, but having those little packages, people can even put those together for free themselves. hundred percent. Design them on websites like canva.com. You can design your own little PDF and, and it's a really good promotional tool just to be able to email to people really quickly. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, great what, what you said is, about making people's, you know, the media's job easier. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish I had asked for that when I started my podcast, like whatever it is now, two years ago, because yeah. I was, I was always the one scrambling to get all that information, you know, in front of my eyeballs when I am now talking to the person on the phone. And it's like, oh, <laughs> if that had been sent to me right ahead of time, um, so yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea is like, make your own press kit, right? Make your own PDF, exactly. make your own. Yeah. Canva's great. Um, word swag is great. Um, yes, there's a lot of yes. free online tools for, um, designing kind of, kind of fun, uh, publicity tools for sure. And I always tend to remember anybody that I've interviewed when they share it out, when they're really passionate about the interviews that they do and they share them out and they tag the interviewers and they're helping promote them too and what they're doing as well. So I tend to remember those people and I follow their career and I go back and ask them for a second interview when they have another book coming out. Yep. So 
and, and it's always exciting to see how somebody's career builds over time. Right. And to be yes. able to catch up and say, okay, where are you now? Like what, yeah. what have you learned from the first thing? I wonder what? if like, I, I wonder if you've experienced like that, the people that you interview who do share and tag you, right. Who do share the interviews and tag you like are, are authors who tend to have to be a little bit more savvy in, when it comes to publicity, yes. because you Definitely. know, it, yeah. Like that, they know that that's how it works. Right. Is that like you have interviewed them, them sharing the interview, not only, you know, gets their work or their book or whatever they're talking about additional exposure, but it helps you, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just that whole, mm-hmm. like that ecosystem, that symbiotic ecosystem yeah. that, that we want to build. So, yeah, I totally yeah, hear that. There's, there's so much work that goes into it behind the scenes, as I'm sure, you know, as well, having your own podcast and, you know, there's hidden expenses and all these other things. And I do it because I truly just love it. And I, you know, got taken really early in my writing career by a scam editor. And so I was like, I really want to avoid people having this happen to them and having all their money gone and not be able to actually get their book published. So, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to offer that to people, but I, I always love when people take the time and really appreciate the work that goes into it and they share it out. Like we said earlier, you you never forget those people and you always want to help them. Yes, for sure. What are some of the most favorite things you've done when working on book campaigns? Like, has there been anything that stood out that you organized and thought that was really fun and it worked really well? Yeah. So my, my um, campaign for Lacey was really focused on social media so mm-hmm. it opened up the whole world of bookstagram, um, bookstagrammers and literary podcasts and radio. Um, so I think the, the, just the most edifying, the coolest thing that happened out of that campaign was just all of the relationships that came out of, um, reaching out to bookstagrammers and finding read. I mean, these bookstagrammers are killing it. I mean, they talk about, you know, mm-hmm. offering free, free publicity and they're really passionate readers, you know, who yes. will advocate and share and reshare. And they're, they're like evangelists for your work. I just love them and have formed relationships with them. I mean, you know, like you and I met online. I feel like the people who I'm like the most engaged with are people that I know online. And some of those yeah. people are, are bookstagrammers and, um, and lit, you know, people who are hosting literary podcasts and then also radio, um, radio hosts. So I, yeah, I think that, um, that just that world is so, is so vibrant and, and can do a lot for your book. You know, um, you know, I found that there's a certain number of followers that a bookstagrammer will have where they will not engage with you if you're not, um, kind of in their program with like a coming from a big publisher, et cetera, et cetera. But there are bookstagrammers that are in a different tier that are growing their own businesses who are, you know, eager and excited to support other authors and artists who are in the similar place, right. Building, building Mm -hmm. something. Um, and I just love that. I think that's amazing. Um, and it's kind of another way that, you know, I think honestly, a lot, primarily women, um, are finding workarounds in terms of, kind of big corporate spending, you know, with ads and whatnot. So yeah, I love bookstagrammers. Big shout out to bookstagrammers. I think they're amazing. 
And there's some beautiful, like the work that some of them do and put into those layouts is just phenomenal. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm always blown away and they have massive, there's, there's all ranges in the spectrum, like you said, but they do, they do acquire a large following and they get a lot of people seeing your book and, and, and that kind of thing. And so that's, a that's great advice to, to be working with them and, and just to be able to build relationships like that, where you can all help each other again. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, and literary uh, podcast, I found the stacks podcast, which is so awesome. Um, and connected, you know, with her over Lacey's book and, you know, with any pitch, you know, I had re- done my research. I'd listened, I had, you know, followed her online and, I thought, you know, this is really, this could really be a good fit. And, you know, it's so exciting to see my client and, you know, the host of the podcast interacting months after the campaign Mm. is finished, you know, because like now they have connected and they support each other and believe in what the other is doing. And like, that's just so awesome, I think. So absolutely. Absolutely. And I really, I mean, I think every single person I've interviewed, over the years, because I started a few years ago and then we went on hiatus for a bit, but I still keep in touch with all of them. You know, I still make sure, you know, if you've got anything coming out, let me know and I'll make sure I leave a review. And, you know, we have you come on the show and talk about your experience with your second book or your third or your eighth. Like there's some people that have 12 books, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And it's changed drastically between that first book and the current book. You have a memoir coming out in October. Did you find that you had sort of an edge where you have the experience of PR to help you secure a book deal and to be able to promote that? Um, I mean, (laughs) I wish I could travel back to myself when my book was on submission, tell myself, Hey, don't forget you have an edge. (laughs) (laughs) I think what my experience in the book business back in New York, right. You know, years ago when I was working on these campaigns for the, these big authors, um, it was invaluable to me, I would say, because it helped me secure an agent. So I will say that on that side of it, yes, it was a Mm -hmm. huge help in my agent querying process. Tremendous over the top help. Like I went back to my contacts when I was ready to start the agent querying process. Having a book on submission is just, it is such, I mean, at the, you know, at risk of sounding hyper melodramatic, it's, it's like a crucible, you know, it's just, you have done all the work, you know, you've gone round after round, hopefully with an agent, if you're using an agent, you know, you've done, you have taken the book as far as you can take it. And then it's totally out of your hands. And you know, some people like, you know, they have a, their book goes up for auction and there's 50 publishers who want to buy it. You know, that was not the case with me. Um, you know, and, and, and I think most authors, you know, don't have that experience, but through the process, I think what was the most helpful for me was this was the community that I have and that I've, that I've invested in, um, and the friends that I have who had been through the process. Right. And I think that's one of the things that's so amazing about, the Facebook community and the Twitter community, um, around books is someone is always two steps ahead of you or 10 steps ahead of you in the process and are often willing to share their experience of where you're at now, you know? So when I was, my book was on submission and I was like flipping out, 
I reached out to friends who had sold books and, you know, I heard time and again, like it takes one, it just takes one, you know, and that is a lifeline when, you know, your, Mm -hmm. your book, your book is out there and you're like, oh my God, what if this doesn't happen? (laughs) How will I survive? You know, and of course you, you will survive. And for many people, it doesn't happen. I mean, that happens often, you know, an agent will pick you up, put the book out. If it doesn't sell, you know, in a certain amount of time, some agents will drop you and, and then you start all over again. I mean, God, that's like, it just like gives me heart palpitations thinking about it. Um, (laughs) but yet I can, you know, I can think of five people that I know that have had that happen to them. Right. So if that ever happens to me, I have a community to go to, to say like, how did you get through this? Um, and not only just survive it, but thrive. And many, many people are thriving on the other side of that experience. So, so yeah, I think community is, is everything really. Do you, as a publicist, what, who is your dream client? Like your ideal client would be an author who does hmm. dot, 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 fill in the blank. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I mean, as, like I said before, late working for Lacey Johnson was uh, like a dream of all dreams, um, for several reasons. One is that she is a badass writer. I mean, good God. She, is an incredible writer. Um, you know, as a writer, as an artist, as an activist, she's at the top of, of her game on all of those things. Um, and so I believe with every ounce of me in her and in her work. So that makes her a dream, a dream client. And also, you know, this was Lacey's third book. Um, so she had done so much work to get her to, you know, where she is today that, you know, coming in and talking about her is easy because of all of the work she's already done, you know, um, and the relationships she's already formed and the reviews she's already gotten. So, you know, that, so that was wonderful. I think I also really love working with people at an earlier stage in their career who are also badass writers, but are maybe on their first book because, I love to be a part of, of a beginning, like of a origin story. I just, I just love it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think, um, I think when an author has a team for the first time, you know, someone other than themselves advocating for them, it can really allow them to dream, you know, and to see their goals as not sort of like lofty, impossible dreams, but as attainable. Um, and so, you know, if I can be a part of that, um, I want to be, but you know, it comes down to the writing really, you know, for me, like I had a call with a client, a potential client, you know, I shouldn't get ahead of myself, um, over the weekend. And, you know, I read her book and I was like, I knew from the first paragraph that I wanted to work on it. Right. And then I read it mm-hmm. to my husband on Saturday morning over coffee and I, and I started crying in the middle of reading to him the first paragraph. And I was like, okay, like I have to work on this book, you know, because, because of the writing. So, you know, are there any sort of questions that an author should be asking when they're interviewing a publicist? Yeah, I think an author should be asking a publicist for a proposal. <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. an author should, should see on paper what that publicist plans to do for them, it, you know, as detailed as possible. You know, I think also being on both sides of it, proposals kind of also can be boilerplates to be totally honest. Like 
often publicists will kind of just like re rehash, you know, use a boilerplate proposal, thinking that everybody wants to be in the same journals. But I would look for a a, pub, a publicity proposal that is detailed and, you know, is shaped around your vision for your book, right? So have a conversation mm-hmm. about what you, where you want to see yourself and you should see that reflected in the proposal. I read this fantastic interview with Lauren Sarand on Poets and Writers and she said something so, she said many things that was so smart, but one of the things she said was not everyone wants to be successful in the same ways. And I think that's so, mm. so brilliant because it's true. It, you know, back in the day when I was working in New York, you know, we had a list of, you know, boxes to check that equaled success and would be kind of confused when the client wasn't ecstatic. And it's like, oh, you know, actually everyone has a different vision for what is success for them. You know, one author, a success for them might be a New York Times book review. You know, for another author, success for them might be being a part of changing the conversation around what they're writing about, whether it's, you know, abuse or, you know, racism, sexism, all the, you know, is, isms that we're, we're writing about and reading about, about the, you know, about the environment or whatever it is, like being a part of changing the conversation around. Like that is such a specific goal that I wouldn't know an author had, had I not asked them, like, what is your vision for, for you and this book? Because it's, it's sort of easier to say like, well, here's a checklist of outlets that I see you in, and this is what I'm going to do for you. But if half of those outlets don't matter to that author, then I'm, I'm wasting my time. Is there anything they should also make sure they have written into their contract with their publicist that maybe you wouldn't think of normally? You know, I'm very, I have very mixed feelings about contracts. I have heard it said that authors like contracts because it makes them feel secure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, I think that they are better for the publicist than they are necessarily for the author. And I don't, I don't mean you shouldn't pay your bills because I've experienced that. And that's also hell, right? Like when you hire a publicist, pay your bills, right? Pay both the yes. first chunk and the second chunk. Um, but, but I don't know that contracts really do a lot of work to enforce that. Um, does that, is that a crazy answer? I don't know. Am I like the only person who doesn't? No, I don't think so. I think that's really good to know because I think there are people who are nervous about being locked in with somebody like, do I have to do everything they suggest? Do I have to do this talk show? Do I have to do this radio show? You know, things like that. So I think that's actually really good advice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, regardless of what you have on your contract, you don't have to do any media you don't want to do. I mean, I think you should, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, absolutely. Um, and that should be a relationship thing that the, the writer feels that they can speak to their publicist honestly about like, Hey, I think this is a waste of my time. Um, yeah. And, and it's important to note, to, to take note of what are huge time sucks when promoting a book. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is like doing interviews that are written out. It's a huge time commitment from the author, you know, so it needs to matter and work for yeah. them. Um, you know, podcasts are great because you just get on the phone and it's awesome. Right. But mm-hmm. so different, different commitments are asking different things of an author. And I feel like authors should feel that they can ask questions or push back or, I mean, an engaged relationship is so much better, right. For both parties. Definitely. Um, I have one other question before we sign off. And I think it's in terms of dealing with when you get a 
contract, depending on if it's a small press or a large press, but Mm -hmm. with the larger, you know, publicity changes depending on who's publishing your book. And sometimes your book doesn't get the attention that someone else that's publishing around the same time is getting. So I think a lot of authors don't know this about publicity departments. So Mm -hmm. what, what would be your sort of overview of that and recommendation? Because I think a lot of people just think their publisher is going to take care of the publicity and that's not always the case. You know, that's a great, um, a great thing to bring up. And, and I like, I hope that like, let's all put our pennies in a jar and buy a billboard that says just because, (laughs) you know, a big company, a big five publisher bought your book does not mean that they're going to publicize it well, because that is Mm -hmm. true. Um, you know, very often those, those houses are like exactly like you said, putting out, you know, five books the same month that yours is coming out. So I think that, you know, typically a big five publisher bought your book and gave you somewhat decent advance. I mean, those are authors who absolutely can hire someone, um, to advocate for them, to supplement what's going on. I think, I think that those authors can ask questions up front, like how many galleys are you, are you sending out? How many galleys are you printing? You know, when, when a publisher is committed to giving away a large number of your books, you can pretty much guarantee that they are going to put a lot of muscle behind your book. And the, and the same goes, you know, for the opposite of that, they're not printing many galleys. And we're talking about big publishers now, like publishers who can afford Mm -hmm. to print a thousand galleys or whatever. Right. Um, right. You know, pay attention to who you're being assigned. Like who is your publicist? Um, pay, and like you said, pay attention to what else is coming out at, the, at that time. But, um, you know, I have a friend who, um, her third, I think her, her third novel was published this year from, you know, dream publisher, big five, big five. And she had a great, like they were doing great work in house for her, but she having already put out two books and knowing the ropes and having a little bit of money set aside from her advance to hire a public publicist went, just went for it and couldn't be happier with the outcome because Mm -hmm. your publicist is working for you. Um, your in-house publicity team is working for your publisher, right? So those are, those can be at times, not the same outcome, not the same goal, you know, like, so a publisher is looking at moving units of your book. Like what can we, how do we publicize this book to sell copies? Right. Most of the time that is their, um, that's their rubric, but a a publicist you hire is looking at you, hopefully is looking at you as an, as an author and your career as a whole and bumping you up to the place that you want to be so that your next deal is better and bigger and better reviewed. Right. So it's, 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 there are two different things at work there. Um, expecting an in-house publicist who has like seven other books to, make, you know, I mean, forgive me if this sounds crass, but expecting them to make you a star is not really rational. (laughs) Um, exactly. (laughs) It's not, it's not, you know? Um, and I just think like advocating for yourself, building your own team whenever you can is a good idea, especially if you have a little bit of money left over from a decent advance. I mean, yes, put that money back into your career. Um, if you can, you know, and some people can't, but if you can do it, well, God see, willing, we should all have like big, huge advances from big five, you know, publishers. Yes. 
And you know, you might think in your proposal or when you're negotiating your contract with the pub, the publisher who buys your book, make sure that they're cool with you hiring an outside publicist. You know, that's something to mm-hmm. talk about in your phone call with them. You know, some might not be, some aren't. Um, but you know, make it clear from the beginning. So my first phone call with my publisher, I brought it up like, Hey, how would you guys feel about me hiring someone? And they were like, we would feel great about it. And I was like, this is going to be wonderful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, because I knew from my own experience working for authors that you you just, you can't, you don't know what, how it's going to go. Right. You know, ironically, the flip side, like, I, my book is coming out on a small independent, uh, like an award-winning, amazing, small independent literary press. And their publicity effort is incredible. Like the, the mm-hmm. work that they do and they have done for their authors is phenomenal, you know, considering how small they are. And even just for any press, it would be coo, 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 coo. Like the first book that they put out was the cover of the New York Times book review. Um, so, you know, so even, even still, I'm like, I still know that I have one shot at being a debut author. Like this is the first book that I will ever release and I have one shot at it. So let's make it count. You know, um, that's kind of my philosophy about that. I'm so looking forward to the book. It's called my body, a memoir of religious and romantic obsession. Is it available to pre-order now? Yes, ma'am. It is available on IndieBound and also Amazon. Um, Sweet. Yes, yes. And we know Very how good. important pre-orders are. So please pre-order it. Yes. yes. Pre-order. Yes. And read and review when you get the yes. book. Read exactly. and review. <laughs> yes. I can't stress that enough. Let's get tattoos that life. say read and review. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm so glad you were able to join us today. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing so much information in such a short amount of time. I think it's so helpful and and really appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Cameron Deason Hammond can be found online at www.cameronDeasonHammond.com. Her forthcoming memoir, This Is My Body, a memoir of religious and romantic obsession, is available for pre-order now. Please make sure you purchase and review our guest work on Amazon, Goodreads, and IndieBound. Until next time, hand to heart, pen to paper, write on. Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking with your host, Crystal Lee Quibell. To start discovering how you can begin telling your story, go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com. And sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter. Join us again next week for more advice from your favorite authors and publishing professionals.